G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, Ashley, there are a significant number of things that we'll talk about today. Let's start uh, with talking about gambling advertising because it seems to be that Australia's major sporting codes are trying to stop the Turnbull government from restricting gambling advertising on television. What are your thoughts? You've been monitoring along how these issues are developing. It probably um, makes sense that the sporting codes are opposing that because what they're trying to do is to protect their revenue. Um, What uh, the government reviews about and what I think is good for society is trying to draw a clear distinction between the sport and the gambling that accompanies it. I I don't think that many of your listeners would disagree with the notion that gambling advertising being so closely linked to sport is negative uh, for sport, it's negative for our for our children, it's a negative for those many people for whom gambling is such a problem that uh, basically families are getting poor at the expense of international gambling companies that are becoming rich. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? Because when all of this gambling began to emerge and it was happening on TV, it was happening initially even during sporting matches, uh, we were all saying, who lifted the lid and let this happen? Now, when the government's trying to reel in uh, what is now out of the bag, uh, it becomes a a difficult situation. Uh, It really does. It's always harder to pull back on something that's been permitted than to stop it in the first place. And uh, the rationale was that because of the internet and because of the overseas advertising and all that kind of thing, that we really need to make sure that we get with the agenda. But uh, the agenda is actually very harmful and... um, the proliferation of gambling ads in connection with sport, um, it, it really, in my view, does um, no good to the integrity of the sporting contest itself. But I want you to put yourself in the position of those children who see one moment um, something on television that's uh, a game that they're supporting, and then the next minute they see that advertising can be linked with this. And in their minds, they're not able to make the distinction that you or I might be able to make. And so for a child in particular, uh, it's easy to see that one is so closely connected to the other that you can't really be involved in one without being involved in the other. That's very harmful. Well, I try to avoid those sorts of ads when the sporting games are on, but uh, I could reel off a number of betting agencies that advertise there, and uh, and I'm trying not to uh, be exposed to them. So children who are watching these things, uh, these ones are the one perhaps... Uh, Uh, most influenced because they're being shaped into a gambling culture. That has to be a harmful thing for children. Uh, Very harmful. And um, young minds, we need to protect very much. And um, we need to protect all people. But we, in particular, as adults in society, need to protect our children from the harmful impacts of the things around them.
So, Ashley, Cabinet poised to limit the times when gambling ads can be shown on both free-to-air and pay TV. Uh, who's actually uh, who's pushing the government to do these things? Have you made some submissions? Uh, are there others that have been pressuring the government to actually make change? A number of people have been uh, making submissions, and basically the government is simply responding to common sense that sees... Um, a close link between sport and and, uh, and the gambling advertising. Um, they're responding to the enormous revenue that now comes to sports through gambling. And let's face it, gambling companies would not be funding sport unless there was something in it for them to do so. And the government is finally recognising that there's something here that they need to take, a, take notice of and they need to respond to. And we all wonder why no one took notice of the common sense approach in the first place. Let's move on to another issue, uh, immigration standards. Well, new Australians or those who are intending Australian citizenship are going to face a tougher road ahead. Yes, they will. And, um, uh, and there'd be many people who'd be saying it's about time. So basically what the, what the Turnbull government is doing is, um, is saying... Uh, if you want to become one of our citizens, we want you to speak the language, we want you to share our values, we want you to be in a position where we can still have the best of all of the stuff that comes from having in our country many cultures, but ensuring that uh, there is integration into the fabric of society rather than the establishment of uh, minority ghettos. And uh, there'd be many people who, like me, think that this is a good uh, review for the government to be having. Well, Ashley, uh, up until now, uh, you only had to be here in Australia for one year. And now that has been extended to a four-year probation period. Is that going to be enough time for people to assimilate in the way the government is intending? I'm not sure that I'm not sure that the government really wants assimilation as opposed to incorporation and. Um, I probably put a lot more emphasis on that word than you intended. Um, I'm not sure that the government is wanting there to be, you know, one identity as opposed to one people. And, um, and, and certainly the idea of being in the country for four years as a permanent citizen before you can become a citizen does give you time, I guess, to become exposed to what the values of, of Australia are. Uh, it gives you time to become incorporated into what Australian society is and the sorts of things um, that, that makes Australia the country that we love so much. It's always interesting talking about that Australian values question because if you ask any Australian uh, what Australian values are, well, they'll come up with all sorts of things like mateship and a fair go and those sorts of things. But, uh, but what's coming into this citizenship test uh, actually does refine some values and uh, your thoughts on what those values are, Ashley, because uh, the idea of an applicant's attitude towards religious freedom, uh, violence against women, uh, child marriage, female circumcision and ensuring that girls have a right to an education. Those are the sorts of things that are being uh, propagated as uh, Australian values. And uh, I suspect you're not going to disagree with those being uh, good values, to have uh, a right attitude to those. They are excellent values, and we need to make sure that uh, people do respect um, people who are part of our, our country, people who are our citizens, need to respect 
uh, individuals and need to respect the rights, especially the rights of women and children. And, uh, and so I applaud that. One of the things that uh, is often stated as a value in Australian society, and I must say it's one of those things that's now being used against Christians, um, is the value of tolerance. And I, I mention that because it's probably about time that we looked at what tolerance is and what tolerance isn't. Tolerance um, is a value in Australia, but tolerance does not mean acceptance. And indeed, in order for me to tolerate you or your conduct, I first of all have to make a judgment that I disagree with your conduct, but that I'm not going to actually uh, put a stop to it. Uh, and so it's being used against Christians these days that tolerance means acceptance, that um, divergent practices are normal. It doesn't mean that at all. What it means is I've made a judgment that I dislike or disagree with that practice, but that I will nonetheless tolerate, tolerate it rather in the context of society. And so I mention that because there'd be many of your listeners who would be wondering, how do I respond to those people in the street who are telling me, you're a Christian and, uh, you know, we value tolerance and therefore we're against you. Um, so it's probably worth getting into what tolerance is and what tolerance isn't uh, in the context of Australian values. Uh, worthy of a little deeper contemplation, as you say, uh, what tolerance truly means. Uh, one of the interesting things, too, with this new citizenship test is that it's not just sitting an exam, uh, ticking a few boxes, Ashley. Uh, the idea of this probation period is that new Australians are going to have to demonstrate uh, what sort of steps that they're taking to integrate into and contribute to the Australian community. There is something that's practical. It's not just something that you might learn off by heart and uh, uh, learn to tick all the right boxes, but you need to demonstrate. That's probably a valuable thing too. Uh, it really is. And um, uh, and it's a bit like when, when we all learned to drive a motor vehicle, were we learning to drive or were we learning to pass the test? And the goal of driver education is to teach people to drive and hopefully um, what we've, what, what's being proposed with the um, citizenship test and the demonstrating uh, a willingness to incorporate oneself into Australia means that it's not about learning to pass a test, it's actually about um, being who we say we are and being the country that, that we, uh, we love so much. And of course the idea of having an English language test too, I imagine uh, that there'll be people who'll be making those assessments as to whether uh, the English language is good enough but uh, as I understand it there's going to be examination of reading, writing and listening uh, as part of uh, a tougher citizenship test. And, and that's very important. Um, it really is... Um, Without a doubt, English is our, our national language. And uh, sure, it's an Australian version of English, uh, but, um, but it's English nonetheless. And uh, we need to ensure that people who become citizens of Australia are actually able to engage in debate and dialogue and discussion and be able to read the news and to mull over ideas. And in order to do that, you need some understanding of the language we all use. Well, Ashley, let me just uh, let me just quiz you while I've got you on what is something of a curly uh, question. I know you've been monitoring this along, but there's been a Victorian Supreme Court case appeal that has recently dismissed the application to review a lady's conviction for 
what was called displaying obscene images in public. Now, her conduct being in the displaying of images of aborted babies outside a Melbourne abortion clinic. You've been following this along, and uh, really there's, uh, there's a few complexities to the way you think about this topic. Uh, there really are some complexities because um, what, what uh, the lady did is something that will divide society. Let's not, let's not uh, overlook that. What she did will, will divide society. Um, but in doing what she did, she was making um, her attempt to draw attention to what is a serious issue in Australia. And so she had placards that showed um, unborn babies who had been aborted and uh, with signs saying the result of your choice and those kinds of things. And um, she was prosecuted for displaying an obscene image. And so, first of all, the question is, what amounts to obscenity? Uh, It's something that has to be so gross, so graphic, so horrific, so shocking that uh, that it should not be displayed in public. And in the Supreme Court, when the matter went on to appeal, the judge in the Supreme Court even said, for example, if um, across the road from Flinders Street Station uh, there were billboards that showed ISIS warriors repeatedly beheading people, that would be um, graphic and shocking and obscene and something that we needn't show. And uh, and so she, she said that, Um, It can be obscene, even if it's not sexual, and I acknowledge the truth of that. Um, What she then did was to say that um, this lady showing photos of aborted unborn children is therefore something along the same lines as ISIS beheading people. That is, we're talking here about a human life. And there's the cloud, or rather the silver lining in the cloud, I think, because how will people who support abortion now, now deal with that issue where a judge has said that the image of what you do is so shocking and graphic and horrific, this is a human life, you can't display it in public. And there's a law professor in Western Australia who wrote um, an article about this case uh, only in the last couple of days. In fact, I think it's going to be published today or tomorrow. And under the heading, uh, he calls the heading, Law Condones the Act as it criminalises the image. I just want to repeat that, Neil. Law condones the act as it criminalises the image. How are our lawmakers going to deal with that, that the consequences of abortion are so shocking and horrific that we need to censor the images? We're not talking here about removal of fetal tissue. We're talking here about ending the life of an unborn child. And um, I think we'll see ramifications for this in a number of ways. Some will be negative and some might be positive. Some of the negative ramifications might be that uh, other state jurisdictions um, look to use similar legislation to ban that conduct. One of the positive ones might be that people start to wake up to the reality that this is very serious, that there's no such thing as a safe abortion, that in every abortion a life is taken. Well, what a powerful sentiment uh, that it is insensitive to have such an image displayed in public. But this is an image of what the law condones as being perfectly acceptable to happen. 
behind closed doors. And uh, look, it is a significant topic and no doubt there'll be some more, as you say, as that article uh, is released either today or tomorrow. And that article, uh, the WA Law Professor Augusto Zimmerman, and uh, listeners might like to uh, look out for that, where the law condones the act as it criminalises the image. Well, it is always good getting your insights into these issues that are shaping our culture. Ashley Saunders, the National Director of Family Voice Australia, simply Google Family Voice Australia and uh, find out what resources you can access there on the website and uh, some of these details, some of these uh, outlines of how Christian ought to think about some of these issues that are shaping our culture. Ashley, thanks so much for taking time to talk to us again today on 2020. Oh, it's my pleasure. Good morning to you and your listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.